What's up, everybody? This is Word of a Rebel, and this is going to be a full episode in response to The Daily Show's skit about home ownership. On my TikTok and Instagram and Facebook pages, as well as my Twitter, you can find the actual shorter episodes in which I break apart each piece separately. But for the case, for the matter of this podcast, I'll be able to put more information together. So, number one, uh, what am I talking about when I say The Daily Show's skit about home ownership? If you're not a frequent watcher or follower of their YouTube channel or the, or the show itself, you might not have seen this episode yet. So in a recent episode, I'm recording this in March of 2021, um, The Daily Show's Desi Lydic does a skit where she's basically blasting the process of home ownership in, in order to showcase how it may or may not be different today than it was decades ago. and. Unfortunately, because it is a comedy series, um, there was definitely a lot of exaggeration, but in addition to that, there was also a lot of misinformation. And as a real estate agent, and also as a financial activist, more so because I am a financial activist, I was kind of outraged, to be honest, because if you don't want to buy a home, you don't want, you have no interest in being a real estate owner or investor, um, that's okay. As long as you're making a decision from an informed perspective. However, there are a lot of people who might want to get involved, either just owning their own home or actually being an investor, who might not want to go for it because of the, like I said, the misinformation that is presented in situations like this skit on The Daily Show. So let's go ahead and begin from the beginning. And I'm basically going to inform you about what you could expect as a buyer um, of real estate and you know longer into the process what you could like later on as an investor what would you uh, expect to occur uh, so number one the first thing that really just jumped out at me was she said that the down payment for a home ownership was 20% to get a mortgage that's not true most mortgages are going to be three to five percent if it's going to be a residential purchase, meaning that you plan on living in the property that you're purchasing, three to five percent. A 20 percent down payment is only typical for a commercial purchase. And even inside of that, sometimes there's deals that's 10 to 15 percent. What's a commercial purchase? Well, once you're an investor and you're going to have tenants or maybe you're going to have businesses inside of the space, that's a commercial purchase. But if you're going to live in it, even if you're only going to live in part of the property, let's say you live in part of it and rent out the other the way that I do, then you get to take advantage of that 3 to 5% down payment. And how do you know which one you're going to have, the 3 or the 5%? It's going to depend on the mortgage product that you pick. And we can go over the differences, the benefits, you know, the, the pros and the cons. We're going to look at all of it, right? So number one, the down payment that she said is grossly inaccurate. And it made it seem like, oh God, like who would ever be able to get a 20% down payment? Yeah, it's going to take you a long time if you need a 20%, but you don't. Now, moving on to the next part of the conversation. She started talking about the process of making an offer and she made it seem like your real estate agent is going to just put you in a position to where you might end up paying way more than you could actually afford. Let me explain why that's not accurate. Number one, whenever you're actually going to make an offer on a property, before you do that, your real estate agent is going to provide you with comps, 
which are what we call comparable properties. And we're gonna look at these recent sales of similar properties to determine if the asking price is even a, a valid value for that property. So most good size, decent first time homes are going to cost between 150,000 to 200,000. And in some spaces even cheaper than that. And in some spaces more than that. It's really gonna depend on your local area. But by and large, the average in most parts of the United States, the property values fall somewhere between 150 to 200K for a decent first time home. So, but within that, whatever the location is, the property values are going to vary. So before you make an offer, we're gonna provide you with comps and say this is what similar properties in this area are currently going for. So no, your real estate agent is not going to tell you, oh, offer this wild, insane number. It needs to be backed with support, and that's what real estate agents do. We make sure that you're informed. So if the asking price for this property is 300,000, and I pull the values, and the recent purchases were all like 250,000, then guess what, honey? We're not gonna offer them 300,000 because that's not a reasonable price. I've been in several situations where the person who was selling the property thought that their property was worth more than it was. And it sat on the market for a really long time because the buyers that were coming through had real estate agents. And what do they do? We pull our comps and we advise our clients. Nobody was willing to tell their client to pay an inflated price because we're advocating for you. That's part of our job. That's part of our ethical code. We are going to advocate for you and make sure that you pay a fair market price. All right, so beyond that, another thing that prevents you from overpaying is the bank. The bank does not want you to pay more than the property is worth either because by lending to you, they are also liable for issues with the property. So they're not gonna give you $400,000 just because you say you want to pay that for a property that's only valued at 250k, right? So the bank like for example, when you buy a car, right? If you tell the if you tell the bank, "Yeah, so I know that the pro like the blue book value is only 17,000, but I really want to lock in this car, so I want to pay 30,000." The bank is going to look at you and the dealership sideways and say, "Hell, no." Same thing applies when it comes to purchasing a house or any real estate, whether it's an investment either, okay? You don't get to say what you're gonna pay. It's gotta be based on supportive evidence. All right, so beyond that, there's a third layer of protection on what you can and cannot buy. Your debt to income ratio. So see, once again, you're protected. There's a lot protecting you from getting yourself put into a bad purchase. And I'm gonna talk about the 2008 scenario in just a minute, we're getting there. So the debt to income ratio is the bank will not allow you to purchase a property that is gonna put your debt to income ratio over 43%. They will in some cases allow you go up to go up to 50% debt to income ratio, but that sweet number for FHA and rural development is 43%. Now why? FHA and rural development mortgages are federally insured. The federal government sets regulations to prevent foreclosures from happening. We don't want a massive amount of foreclosures as we saw in 2008. It's very detrimental to the economy of our country. 
So in order to prevent that, these regulations are meant to protect you and the bank and the economy itself. So what happened in 2008? Here's the, here's the basic short summary of it. Prior to 2008, like those first few years, like, like 05 to 08, the regulations had been relaxed. And that's the lesson that we learned as a country. Don't relax those regulations because they were there for our, all of our protection. Those protections were relaxed and people were allowed to borrow more than they should have been allowed to. They were getting into higher debt to income ratios than is actually safe for any person purchasing real estate. And what happened is you had a large number of people who could not afford their properties and it caused a lot of foreclosures. And that is precisely what happened. So since then, luckily we have learned our lesson and regulations have been put into place. So whenever someone says they don't like regulations on corporations or banks or you know privately owned institutions, you have to understand it's not safe to have any industry unregulated. As we know, when it comes to oil, energy, um, these various, um, you know, plants that create these toxic chemicals, there's a reason why regulation is in place. As the philosophy of uh, the middle path says, anything in excess can be dangerous. We need regulation, just like we needed with the real estate market. And fortunately now, it is solidified and the world is better for it. So, no, honey, you're not going to get caught into a market that is beyond your means because these layers of protection are in place. Now, notice I said the federally insured have these more strict regulations. That is true. Because once again, you know, just like with the uh, change in the laws regarding um, LGBTQ rights, right? Making sexuality and transgender a protected class. That's, you know, the federal government can put restrictions more easily on entities that receive funding from the federal government. However, it is harder to regulate private entities. So with that being said, private banks are allowed to have different requirements for their lending offerings. So your lender, if they're a private lender and they're giving you a conventional mortgage or some other not federally insured mortgage product, be aware of these numbers. You personally, as an individual, should not be willing to have more than a 50% debt to income ratio. So keep yourself informed and protected. Now, most banks do abide by a pretty strict guideline for debt to income ratio. It's just that they don't have to when the mortgage is not federally insured. So keep that in mind. Most of your banks will, but not all of them. Now, if it's an FHA or rural development, the federal government regulates those, so it doesn't matter. All right, so uh, there's a lot more information that the writers for The Daily Show got wrong. And before I you know, get back to talking about what they got wrong, let me explain why I'm advocating so much to get this information out there. Because what was said in The Daily Show has also been said in, by the, you know, the broad public on social media and conversations that I've had, there's so much misinformation. People are really believing that there are these major barriers preventing them from going wealth and preventing them from owning their own home. And I wanna make sure that you understand what's available to you. And if you don't wanna take advantage of it, at least you said no to it, 
knowing that it's available. I don't want anybody to say, I'm not even going to try because you don't think something is accessible to you. That's bullshit. I'm a financial activist because I am a social activist. I want to see our country stronger. I want to see more property owners because I have a historical background on this. Uh, I'm going to briefly mention Costa Rica. Costa Rica enjoyed a longer duration of peace in this hemisphere than any other space simply because there was a more equitable distribution of wealth. If you look up the history of Costa Rica, you'll see where the land ownership there was done differently than other um, spaces within Central and South America, and it allowed for an equitable distribution of wealth and power, and it protected them from a lot of the destabilization and corruption that has been seen in many other spaces. So keep that in mind. But that at the core of it is what I function as. I'm an activist first and a real estate agent second. So my work within real estate is actually fueled by my desire to see equity within the financial markets because owning a property is a major foundation to growing wealth and springboarding into it. If you've missed my recent episodes where I speak about how to use equity to grow wealth, be sure to check those out because that's why I'm advocating so much. I'm going to cut this episode short here. I'm going to keep it under 15 minutes and I would like for you guys to come back for part two because there was more information that The Daily Show got wrong and I want to make sure that you guys understand because like I could just go through, like I could just go forward and just let everybody else sit in ignorance, right? And I could continue to build my real estate empire and my wealth empire because beyond real estate, I'm also going to have several businesses. Like right now, I've got a good foundation in real estate. I'm growing it. I'm going to have a foundation in business because we're growing a lot of things that I don't talk about publicly and I don't plan on talking about all the details. As they always say, working quiet, let it show for you later, right? So I want to see you guys do that too, though. Like I could just sit pretty and be like, I, I have the information. I'm taking action based on this information. I, you know, people who know the information don't have to share it. So people like me, and there's several others that I can put you um, on game with, that follow their information and read it and learn from it and watch videos and podcasts. Um, There's a lot of us sharing this information because we want to see other people do well. This isn't just about me. You know, anybody who has information and doesn't share it, they could just keep doing that. But if somebody knows that something works, if somebody has tested it and researched it and put it and saw the success in it and then shares it with you, realize they didn't have to. Nobody gets paid for this, right? Most of the people who listen to to my podcast, read my articles, follow my social media, most of you guys will not be my clients because a lot of people are not, you know, in the state of Louisiana that listen to me. Do I care? No, I want to see you guys shine. I want you guys to grow. So once again, think about that. A lot of people who are teaching are doing so without the hope of any payment. I'm not getting paid for this, right? But I want to see you guys do well. That's what I want. I want to see you guys grow and do well because I want to see our country do well. I want to see a stable, comfortable environment for all of us. That's what I want to see. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want to see. So I'm sending you all my love and encouragement. Like I said, be sure to look for my... um, my equity episodes where I speak about using the equity in a real estate property and make sure that you also check back for part two 
of the conversation of the Daily Show's misinformation about home ownership because I will be definitely fixing on teaching on the whole process from top to bottom to make sure that you guys have the right information. And also be sure to check with someone in your state to get more localized information because there are different rules in different states. But the information I'm sharing by and large is gonna be true across the country. Talk to you guys soon. Once again, this is Word of a Rebel. As always, I'm here for empowerment.